Ben Fred Friday and Scoops with DannyMac.com. Ryan Kelly brings us Ben Fred Friday. Cash out refi can change your life. The home loan expert, Ryan Kelly, 10-day closing guarantee. So the money will be in your pocket faster than ever. Credit card debt, thank Ryan Kelly. And it's the perfect time to visit with Ryan Kelly because rates are going down. TheHomeLoanExpert.com, also brought to you by Mark Milton. If you're currently sideways with the IRS, have years of unfiled tax returns keeping you up at night, Mark is a proud St. Louis U law school alum went to the University of Illinois, and if you have those issues with your taxes, IRS problems, visit stltaxlawyer.com today. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Good morning, Ben Fredrickson of the Post-Dispatch. How are we doing? I know you've been busy the last uh, 12, 24 hours down in Columbia, Missouri. We're going to get into Mizzou and obviously a big weekend with the Cardinals coming up, but how are we doing? Hey man, I'm I'm doing well, Dan. Happy Friday. It's it's kind of strange. Usually we're previewing uh, Missouri football on uh, our Friday chats in the fall, and today we can recap one. Um, we will also, I guess, have plenty of important Cardinals baseball to talk to with the Cubs in town. Should be a good weekend. Should be a great weekend. What did you think of um, Mizzou last night and their win over Louisiana Tech? I thought it was a pretty impressive uh, debut for the Tigers. Freelight Drinkwitz's third season, Dan. Uh, I thought the defense looked pretty solid other than a few breakdowns in, in the passing game, which they got to get cleaned up before going to Kansas State. Their tackling was good. A solid debut for defensive coordinator Blake Baker. Um, and then how could you not be impressed with Luther Burden, the St. Louis native, getting a chance to show what he can do. Eli using him in a ton of different ways, which is super exciting. Got him playing wildcat, uh, handing the ball off, running the ball, scores a touchdown out of that. Um, makes three guys miss for a touchdown for his first receiving touchdown of his career at Mizzou. Brady Cook was solid, and uh, I thought this offense looked more dynamic between Brady Cook's ability to run the ball, all the different things Luther Burden can do. Dominic Lovett had a great game, another St. Louis local. So uh, I think Mizzou feels like it has some good things to work on, and then I think it also feels like it it made a, made a pretty good statement. A lot of newcomers on this team, whether freshmen or transfers, Tyron Hopper, the linebacker out of Florida, had an a- absolutely great game at, at, at linebacker, intercepted a pass, had a huge sack, uh, I think had a two couple tackles for loss on top of that. So a pretty good a pretty good statement made across the board, and I think Mizzou feels like it's got some good things to work on before what will be a really big game on the road at Kansas State. they got a little more time to work on it because they played on Thursday instead of Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they use Luther Burden. I loved what they did last night with the Wildcat and trying other things. I think you got to look at returning kicks at some point. Um, he's clearly a difference maker. So just get the ball in his hands and let him go make some plays. Totally. Give him the ball and give him the ball in space where he can create. And that's where he's super effective. You know, unfortunately, the way they've changed the college kickoffs, it's almost uh, a pointless to attempt to return those now. They, they're so easily touchbacks, and they usually just boot them through the back of the end zones. Punt returns, he's on the depth chart there. We didn't see it. I would really like to see him get a chance to return punts, Dan, because that's one of the things he was really good at in high school. And you're always kind of reluctant to say, well, are the things he did well in high school going to translate to the SEC? But the things he did well in high school were also what he did in game one against Louisiana Tech, where he's making guys miss, he's bouncing off guys. He didn't have a perfect game. Um, he uh, there was a probably would have had another touchdown if he would have caught a ball that hit him in the hands that actually turned into an interception. Brady Cook kind of overcooked it 
a little bit. It was a little a little too hard. But if it hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. So he's got some things to work on. I, I also like one of the things that didn't work but could work later. They took some deep shots down the field with them. One of them turned into a pass interference penalty, which bodes well. And I think Brady Cook said he underthrew one of them. So they were close, but they didn't uh, they didn't light the cigar on that play. But the fact that they're doing it, that's great. And, you know, Eli, after the game, we said, what did you make of this debut? And he was pretty candid. He said, look, I knew this was coming. This guy's a special player. He goes, I've been trying to kind of tamp things down a little bit. But uh, this doesn't surprise me. And, you know, forget what he says. It's about what he does. And I think if you're Eli Drinkwitz, you now have an ability to get the ball to this guy in a lot of different ways. You've got a quarterback who can move a little bit better than last year's starter in Connor Bazelak, and that makes him a more dynamic play caller as a coach. So, you know, his strength has to be getting the right guys the ball in a chance to create. And he's got a player now that he can go around the country and say, hey, Here's why you should come play for me, because look at all the different things we're able to do with a true freshman. No doubt. And it's fun. And it's uh, a lot of local kids, too. I mean, I noticed that in watching the game. And you mentioned the transfer from Florida. There's a transfer from Clemson that I like as well, yeah. uh, the defensive back. But there's a lot of local kids. And that's part of being a, a fan of a state school is to see those local kids come together. I mean, you have a Chaminade quarterback, and you've got a kid yeah. from East St. Louis that's making plays. That's fun. As a local guy, I, I want to see that. So that, that was fun to uh, watch last night. Yeah, I mean, Dominic Lovett was the best receiver on the field. He's going, gone through those freshman growing pains, and, and here he is thriving. Um, you've got uh, – how about a guy named a guy like Cody Schrader, a Truman State transfer. He shows up to campus as a Division II walk-on who was just hoping to kind of be a scout team guy. Well, no, he goes to work, and all of a sudden he's the starter. He started – at running back for this team yesterday, and I don't know that he'll be the full-time starter. Nathaniel Pete, I thought, came on pretty strong as the game went along. He's the Stanford transfer. He's from Columbia. He was hurt in camp, but I thought he looked more like kind of a top-back option, but he's going to use them both. Both he and Schrader can do different things in the backfield, so there's some local local flavor on this roster, and that should help continue to you know keep those pipelines flowing. So, um, Eli wants to get the best players in the state, um, you know, to Mizzou. And the best way to do that is to win, of course. Um, NIL helps, you know, having having your signature chips, your signature Red Hot Ripplets if you're Luther Burden. But here's the, here's the other thing that helps is seeing guys you know from your area, your high school, your conference um, succeed at Mizzou. And Luther Burden said last night part of the reason was about coming to Mizzou was proving – that uh, you know, guys from from around here can get it rolling, and um, this was a step in the right direction. Now, it's Louisiana Tech; it's not a uh, not an SEC opponent. You got to go and, and turn up the volume on your season a little bit more with a tough road game at K State. Missouri has not played really well on the road under Eli. That's a box he needs to check this year. He's got two games early in this season, Dan: the trip to K State and the trip to Auburn. That would uh, it would be really nice if they could win one of those games. Um, if they could find a way to win both then I think all of a sudden people would be talking about a, a season with higher expectations than perhaps it had going in. Any concern after the what you saw in the first quarter? Was it just kind of nerves getting guys on the field? You know, that's Louisiana Tech and you're down three. I, I was like, hmm, yeah. what's going on here? You know, yeah, is this, is this more start. indicative of what they're going to be like? Slow start and, and maybe some nerves involved in there. Um, one thing to kind of keep an eye on is, 
you know, they've got kind of a, a trial by committee going on at running back. I mentioned a couple guys in the mix there, but they don't have a guy that they can give the ball to like they had last year in Tyler Beatty. And usually early in the game, you're kind of trying to establish your run game. So that might be something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, one thing that I thought made that kind of uh, slow burn possible and didn't really penalize them for it was how well the defense played early. Um, three first-half turnovers created by the defense, which this was a defense we wondered if they would create any turnovers. They didn't do much of that in camp. Last year at this time, under the old defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, these guys couldn't tackle at this point in the season, and they were getting gashed on the ground by bad teams. And this group, the the tackle was much more fundamentally sound. The turnovers were there. You create three first-half turnovers. You buy time for your offense. I think in the first, kind of by the end of the first quarter, the offense kind of had started to, to settle in a little bit. That's when you started seeing the drives and, and really start to kind of you know enforce their will on Louisiana Tech. But when you've got a um, you know quarterback who has not started a ton, um, you've got a center who has you know not played that position before, and you've got running backs who are kind of jostling for for reps, not an established guy. Those are your three most obvious points of attack for an offense um, to start a game. You know, the center hikes the ball every play, the quarterback touches the ball every play. More times than not, you're going to run the ball early in the game. And when you've got guys who are kind of trying to grow into those roles, it maybe makes you a little vulnerable to some first first quarter jitters. They're going to need to overcome that and get that out of their system ASAP because there aren't, there aren't a lot of teams coming up and there aren't any many teams in the SEC that you're going to play and, and be able to kind of feel like you didn't play well in the first quarter and like where you end up. So let's switch gears just for a moment. And by the way, we're also brought to you by Stratum. If you have basement waterproofing issues, foundation repair, egress windows, you need those installed, uh, this is a five-star Google rating company. They are the best. We are associated with them. Stratum Structural Systems for waterproofing and foundation repair. Just go to stratumrepair.com. That's stratumrepair.com. The Cardinals are back at home, kicking off a homestand tonight. They're 76-55, and 6.5 now in front of Milwaukee, who lost last night. They're 20 games above five hundred at home, and it's Jordan Montgomery against Adrian Sampson in Game 1. I think Game 2, if you don't have a ticket, get there. you got Wainwright on the mound. That means Yachty behind the plate. Drew Smiley, a lefty, will be going for the Cubs, so you know Albert's going to be in the lineup. So go to the ballpark on Saturday. And then Miles Michaelis and Marcus Stroman on Sunday. Again, with this homestand, the Cubs and then Washington, another chance to really get some separation as the final month of the regular season is here. So looking forward to seeing how it all plays out this weekend. Yeah, keep pouring it on, right? Um, The Cardinals have done a very good job of beating the bad teams in this division. Washington, not in the division, but certainly a bad team. And, you know, you look at this division, Dan, and you go, okay, how is it won? Well, it, we we focused a lot, understandably so, on the Cardinals versus the Brewers. But last season, it was made up of what what those two teams did against the other teams. And I think this season is going to be the same way. The Cardinals and Brewers have pretty much played each other even. The Cardinals are one game up in that season series, but what the Cardinals have done is is beat up on everybody else. So you want to keep that going against uh, the Cubs, which have kind of you know already punted on this season and clearly. Clearly, Washington is playing for future seasons, so keep stacking it up and, and make it make September as much like August as you possibly can, because August was a different kind of month for this team. We we saw them kind of change the conversation to, 
can they you know, can they push the Brewers into second place to could they possibly you know get to the point where maybe they grab one of those first two spots in the National League and have that buy? I mean that's within reach here. I don't I don't think the Braves and the Mets are just going to fall apart, but the Cardinals are I think you can pretty definitively argue the hottest team in baseball since the trade deadline. Um, they haven't lost back to back games since. You know their trip to Toronto, the first game of their trip to Toronto. Um, they they'll have a clunker now and again, but they get right back on it the next game, and that bodes well for how you can finish the season. So I, I've said this, I've, I've caught some some flack from Cardinals fans in my chats because I said these guys think they're going to win the division, and they don't think it's going to be close. And sometimes that gets interpreted as well, they're going to lay up or coast. And look, I think they should be smart. I'd get I'd skip some starts for Adam Wainwright. Um, for Miles Michaelis down the stretch, but you don't you don't say, hey, we're just going to put our feet up and rest. Be smart about it. But also, you know, they got something to play for here. And if if there's any sign of stumble from the teams ahead of them, then that first round bye could could work wonders for these guys. And that that that's the opportunity is to not enter the postseason as the best team in the National League Central, but to enter it as one of the one of the absolute best teams in the National League. They're starting to prove that um, certainly tracking down one of those two teams ahead of them or getting really close would, would help prove that point too. You know what's amazing is that you can make a case right now with the Yankees faltering, and I think yeah. Houston is a, a really, really good ball club. Don't get me wrong. And Cleveland, you know, Tito Francona has done an incredible job yet again, uh, and I think he's a future Hall of Famer. But you make a case that the four best teams in the major leagues are coming from the National League. And I would say Atlanta. I would say the Mets. Uh, I would say the St. Louis Cardinals, and I'd say the Dodgers. I mean, you're looking at four of the best teams in baseball coming from the National League. Totally, and it's probably why you give that – I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I thought that series win against the Braves was more impressive, especially after kind of the clunker in the first game, you know, a couple comebacks, was more impressive than the sweep of the Yankees. At the time, it didn't seem like that, but the Yankees were kind of beginning of uh, what has become, I, I guess – you have to describe it as a spin-out, perhaps a tailspin. Um, and, and the Braves came in hot as heck and will continue to be. And the Cardinals lost a game and then took two from them to take a series. So I actually think that that, that win against series win against the Braves was more impressive for that reason. Um, and, you know, it's kind of – I understand how Cardinals fans could say, well, you know, their, their second half of the Cardinals schedule is a little soft, and it is. But when you look at what they've done, um, they, you know, swept the Yankees, they – beat the Braves in a series. They beat the Brewers in a series. You look at the offensive numbers. You look at the pitching, the starting pitching, and they stack up pretty well with the Dodgers. They stack up pretty well with the Mets. And then you realize, hey, wait a second, where are all the AL teams? <laughs> right. Not, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at the numbers since the trade deadline, and this team drastically changed at the trade deadline, it got Quintana, it got Montgomery, who's doing doing his best Bob Gibson impression every time he goes out there. Um, and, and it has... They're a different team now, and if you look at the the sample size, it's not huge. From that time, then then they're right up there. And the next thing you realize is exactly what you said. Wait a second, there aren't many AL teams in here, so it feels it feels like right now, if you had to guess, you think the World Series champion would be coming out of the National League. Now that uh, that that doesn't help the Cardinals much, <laughs> but but they they are proving they deserve to be at least in that conversation. It's kind of funny. It, it seems like. Nationally, the conversation is, oh, God, here come the Cardinals. Um, and then here locally, it's kind of like, can this be trusted? Well, right. if you dig into some of the numbers, 
you know, the numbers, they don't lie. Um, the Cardinals have two MVP, two MVP candidates. They've got great defense. They've got great base running. They're getting excellent starting pitching. And then their, their lineup is kind of a point. I think Ollie's done a great job of it. He's got his cornerstone guys who are producing, and then he's doing a good job of kind of managing the guys who are, are, are up and down. And I think because he's playing everybody and finding opportunities for guys, yeah, he's tilting the time more toward guys who are hot. But he's not giving up on anybody. He's not letting anybody rust or rot. And that puts him in a spot where if that flips and all of a sudden it's Dylan Carlson who's hot late, then he slides back up and somebody else slides down and, and the thing doesn't go off the rails. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for kind of how he's managed this using all, all pieces of his, of his roster and prioritizing in the moment who's given him the best chance to win. Does Albert get to 700? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's going to do it against Smiley on Saturday, right? He might. Um, look, I, I have, uh, I'm not betting against Don't the doubt man. the man. I, That's I, the I, thing. I, do not doubt I, that man. I've never, and I won't. Um, I said, I thought I was really being bold at the All-Star break when I said he's catching A-Rod. He's going to yeah. pass it. I thought you were and crazy. People said, People said, no, no, no. So, you know, I, I, but I wasn't saying at that time that he was going to get 700. I, I thought passing A-Rod to me was the most realistic thing he could do. And it still and might I be. But you know what, Ben? It. it still might be. He's going to do both. It, but here's the thing. He <laughs> has put himself to have a legitimate shot to do this. And I didn't think that that was possible going into this season. Um, but he's going to have a shot. And if you go back to his at-bat the other night, it's one of the best at-bats of the game. Everybody flailing. They can't get a runner home. And who's the guy that one time comes up, moves the runner over, Albert? Who's the guy that comes up the next time up with the game still tied and drives him in with a sack fly? Albert. He's just just an incredible, incredible player. And when you see greatness, you realize it doesn't come along very often. But when you see it, man, there's just a different look with those type of players. And you don't deny a guy's history of rising to the occasion when it matters most. He's done that for a career. And so you're going to tell me he can't do it one more time when he knows it's it? No, I'm, I'm not taking. I'm not going to. I'm not going to agree with anybody who who predicts that. Now, will it happen? I, I don't know. We'll see. But it's going to be fun as hell to watch. And you're right. The the fact that he's locked in as as good as he is. And here's the other thing, Dan. The fact that that they're playing as well as they are, they can get a little greedy. They can they can put him in there against a righty, no doubt, um, against a bad team. And and that's just that's not. That's not punting on your season. That's just taking acknowledgement of the fact of where you are. And he's taking such good at bats. You know, you, you don't be surprised if he cracks one against a righty. So well, that hey. uh, he he has a good chance. And I, I'll just add the other night, and it was on the road trip. But but I, I love 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 love. You got an extra inning game, long bad team. Why can't we beat these guys? Why is this game dragging on so long? And who's the first guy on the top of the dugout ready to greet Lars Newtbar with the cracked pepper celebration? It's it's Albert Pujols. Like, you telling me this guy isn't having some fun? I mean, how many games How many games has he played? How many times has he gone in his head? Maybe, hey, God, it would be nice to, to be able to get this thing over in uh, in nine innings. And no, he's up top step saying this is a blast. These, loved, these young guys, they love him, Dan. And nobody wants to see him get there more than the guys who are in the dugout. That's what's been the coolest thing about this is the fans want to see it for sure. And they're elevating every at-bat that he has at home, sometimes even on the road. Then in the dugout, the guys going nuts the most are his teammates. That's right. That's right. I, You know, i got to catch myself. We say, well, we we got to find the right right-hander to match up with Albert. And I think to an extent that is true. I think it was really true in the beginning of the season. But he's taking different at-bats now. So... 
I, I think he's kind of turned into a different player, if if that makes sense, to where Ali feels comfortable hitting him against right-handers. Now, I don't think it's a great matchup against Spencer Strider, don't get me wrong, but I do think certain guys, yeah, I, I'd, I'd rather watch Albert than any other lefty, and that includes Corey Dickerson, who, by the way, is leading the league in hitting since the break. It's just I, I just want to see Albert. It's the uh, – I guess it's the uh, – selfish guy in me that I want to see history too. may not be the right move, but I just want to be selfish and keep watching him. Well, I, I think the manager is, is leaning toward agreeing with that and, you know, figure it out what it looks like in the, in the playoffs. I get it. But if you're going to, if you got this division in hand and the, the Cardinals don't have it in hand yet, but they're, they're getting close. And once that happens, then I think you play them as much as you possibly can without, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to mess it up because here's the other thing to consider you need them for the postseason, and you need them locked in for the postseason. So that has to be kind of an element to the thinking too. Is you want him as good against as good against lefties in the in the postseason that he has been during this stretch. So you got to balance that. You got to balance that a little bit, but you can get a little more sentimental for sure if you're Ali Marmol if you feel good about where your team is. And at this point. <clears throat> If he tries to put somebody else in instead of Albert, there might be a mutiny. Um, the guy <laughs> who's supposed to go hit might just say, no, I'm, I, Albert should go. I mean, I, I, I joke, but everybody wants this to happen. And, you know, they're, they're in a spot where they can they – can, they put themselves in a spot where they can, they can prioritize a little bit more. So he's got he's to have a couple more, probably two homer games. Um, and if he, can, if he can do that, then, then this thing's going to get done. What do you think about the return of Jack Flaherty and how this affects the club? Well, they need him. Um, you know, Dakota had a chance last time out to kind of complicate what seemed to be the plans on paper, and he wasn't able to do that. And I'm not as down on Dakota as some folks, Dan. I think we forget sometimes that a guy coming back from Tommy John surgery, his first year back is often pretty tough, and the numbers don't usually look all that good. If you look at guys – after their Tommy John year and then compare it to the rest of their career, usually it's a down year as common and they get back on track. So, um, but at this point, Dakota's not, not getting it done. So uh, I think you would have to strongly consider putting Jack in that spot. And I would, I don't know that you just take Dakota and put him in the bullpen either. I think you'd have to really think about having him not be on your postseason roster, which would be a tough conversation to have. But well, the other thing, um, too, though, bullpen, Ben, you could also go... got some pieces that, that need to be there. You know? Well, you also could look at a six-man rotation and build yep. in some rest for guys that probably need it as you get ready for, for, sure. for the playoffs. And, and I think that's something you have to think about, too. Totally. And, and you can get him some more starts that way um, and then have that conversation about you know the postseason when it, when it comes around. Um, I would try to get miles a skip start i would try to get adam wainwright a, a skip start those guys have been carrying the load and you've got some guys who need to work on some stuff in hudson or a, a guy who needs to pitch in jack and i'll tell you what i like that the cardinals sent him back out for one more rehab start i know he probably didn't want that but i think we saw a different kind of approach from him in springfield than we saw in the previous rehabs he went down there to prove hey i'm ready let's go and he didn't say it. He didn't need to. He went and pitched it and attacked. And that's what they want coming back. They want Jack Flaherty coming back to mow guys down, not Jack Flaherty coming back because he's back and that's what the schedule said. And I, I thought the intent 
was really evident in his last rehab. And if he can come elevate that fifth spot, then you are able to maybe get some guys some rest, and then you have a more potent rotation entering the postseason. So it's been a frustrating year for Jack for a lot of different reasons, but he understands that it's all about how you finish. It's all about if you win and he can he can salvage what's been a frustrating season if he can help them do that. Well, I think the thing that he brings to the rotation, if he's right, and in talking with some of the folks with the Cardinals, a lot of the baseline numbers are back to where they were in 2019, meaning spin rate, velocity, arm angle, uh, meaning that he's healthy, um, is yeah. that this is not a swing and miss staff. And if you look at a lot of times in postseason play, what's going to win? Shutting down the opposition with swing and miss, getting the strikeouts. And he would be the one guy that I would say in that rotation that could really pile up some strikeouts and help you win a game. So that's, you know, when you start looking at, at this from a perspective of what he brings, not only as a top-level starter potentially, but swing and miss, that's very, very important. Where do you think Matt fits into that? Because we have, I think Matt has had like something like six career games as a reliever, but his swing and miss stuff is really high end. Was one of the best in the rotation before he was hurt. Do you see him being a you know a strikeout lefty in relief, yes. or what, yes. what are you feeling about that? Yeah, I, I think the Cardinals feel a little bit better about their lefties with JoJo Romero, who's got swing and miss stuff. And the fact that Cabrera was um, going in the wrong direction, and they got to figure that out. But the other thing that came out of the series with Cincinnati that no one's talking about is Zach Thompson's hitting 99. 99 <laughs> the other night. I mean, he looked flat yeah. out nasty. So you went from, oh my goodness, do we have some lefties? You had McFarland, you had uh, obviously Cabrera, to, oh, well, we got two right here that are pretty darn good, and we're going to add a third. So. I like where they're at from lefties. Um, I just like the way that things are going. I, I you know, and, and so I'm done talking about that. But generally speaking, the storylines going into this final month are going to be awesome. Albert looking for 700, passing a rod potentially. You got winning a division. You've got Goldie potentially winning an MVP. Uh, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina will set the all-time starts record with battery mates. I mean, holy smokes, man! This is uh this is quite a a stretch run for Cardinal baseball fans. And I said it the other night, Ben, I, I think you're looking at five Hall of Famers on this team. You got Albert, you got Molina, um, you got Wayne, and then there's three guys that are on the outside right now looking in but knocking on the door hard. That's Adam Wainwright. And then building up a Hall of Fame resume case is Goldschmidt and Arenado. It's a good time to be a Cardinal fan right now. No doubt. Could have top two finishers in the National League MVP. I think Brendan Donovan is going to get some serious Rookie of the Year consideration. I don't think he'll win, but he's got to get he's got to get some votes down. How about Palante? Andre Andre Palante should, but he won't because people are going to overlook him. He, if you look at the innings pitched as a rookie, if you look at the ERA, he is doing some results wise. He's getting some Strider like results now, not strikeouts, but he's also been a reliever and a starter. So I, I, th I fear that he's going to get overlooked, but. He deserves some deserves some love in that in that category because he's been, I mean, it's talking about valuable. He's been he's certainly been one of the most valuable players on this team. Um, so you're right. I mean, and I'll give the Cardinals credit, man. When when they brought Albert back at spring training, the the talking point was this is not just about having some big numbers and records to celebrate. This is about 
you know, doing that, but also going out and winning. And it was easy to say, okay, let's see that. And and here it is. Um, You've got a chance to prove you're one of, if not the National League's hottest team entering the playoffs. You've got got Hall of Famers piling up records, history, history, jaw-dropping records every night. And you've got a a legitimate chance to, to win this division running away and head into the postseason with the kind of vibe of, of not, hey, we're happy to be here, but, hey, we're here to do damage. And I think that, to me, has been what the Cardinals have been needing to get back to. It's it's not, hey, we, we, we had to have a 17-game winning streak to get in, and let's see if we can make some magic. It's No, we're here to do damage. We put ourselves in a spot where we were able to rest certain guys entering the playoffs to give, give the best chance to win, um, and, and we're coming here we're coming here to stay. Now, doesn't mean it happens, but the, the feel of what they could have entering the postseason this year would, would feel more hefty than what they've had in some time. And I know Cardinals fans are excited about that, and they should be. Absolutely. All right, buddy, I'm going to wrap it up with this. I know you'll be busy probably down at the ballpark starting tonight. What's happening at the Post-Dispatch? Got tons of coverage up from that Mizzou season opener at stltoday.com. A lot more than what you got in your Saturday paper, so be sure to check out the website. And We'll have plenty of coverage of Cardinals-Cubs throughout the weekend from from everybody on the PD staff. So check that out at stltoday.com as well. Thanks, buddy. Have a great weekend. I'll see you down at the ballpark. Sounds good, man. See you soon.